Today, folks, it's the 20th of January, Martin Luther King Day, and there's a lot of people marching on the Capitol in Virginia. A lot going on today, so we should carry on and get into it. There's a big rally being held in Virginia today, as most of you already know, and this rally is about the weapons ban. We've been fighting these weapon ban intent of these people that don't realize what they're doing for many, many years. Out here where I live, I live in the National Forest, and we need weapons, not only for our personal protection, but, you know, for varmint, for attacks from wild animals it all falls under personal protections but the main protection that gun really really provides is security peace of mind knowing that you have it or them you know more than one is always good in that case so Good gun control is knowing when to pull the trigger, how to get that put down filled in the proper manner. You want your lead hitting where you're aiming. That's gun control. And good education for your children about guns. That's good gun control. People need to wake up. Within our Constitution, it clearly states our Second Amendment privilege shall not be infringed upon. It's not a privilege. I want to back that up. What did I say that for? 
it is definitely a right. It's an inherent right. Amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. See, the Constitution cannot enumerate all of your rights. And therefore, it's very important to understand the Ninth Amendment also. When we talk about gun rights and rights of the people, there are rights of the people that are not numerated within the Constitution that must and shall be upheld. And a lot of people don't realize that. Even our judges today are naive to that fact. These people uphold a constitution. They take an oath that says, I will support and defend the constitution of the United States. But they use their own personal ideologies instead of law. That's what a republic is. We're ruled by law, not by the majority. A democracy is not what we are. A form of government, it's a democratic form of government. But we are, first of all, a republic. And that's very, very important to understand. It's very important to educate yourself, get involved, and we don't have to be violent about it. You know, sure, we want to be very firm with what we believe, but we don't want to start violence. And a lot of people that call themselves Americans are what are actually known as detractors, agitators. And we have to be very familiar with what that is and who they are and try to stay away from those type of people. The best way to handle fire is with fire. And sometimes that gets pretty ugly. We don't need a big conflict like this in America. They have been coming for guns for years. And now they have this big ugly word, assault weapon ban. Boy, I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. You know, did you watch Conor McGregor? Well, that's an assault weapon, people. Did you see how fast that happens? That's an assault weapon. Gun control is somebody behind the trigger that has a level head and knows logically, I don't want to hurt anybody. But if somebody comes to hurt me, well, that's when you have to know how to control yourself and when to let go of that control. And yes, there are times to do that. And I feel 
each and one of you out there about this gun control measure. I have many, many weapons of different types. That butter knife in my kitchen drawer, that spoon, that fork, they're all weapons. Just the very baseball bat that sets at my front door, that's a weapon. You know, the purpose of a weapon is generally to defend or to harm. So what we have to realize is it's up to you to choose which one you set in. It takes good men and good women to stop the ugliness of bad men and women when it comes to these shootings. We've really got to get real on what's going on in the world today. It has nothing to do with a gun. This is social behavior. This is owning up to responsibility. And there's a lot of parents out there that tend not to be responsible and own up to their own stuff. Their own ignorance. We really have to take control. And it's not gun control. Let's listen in to this clip on the Virginia on high alert. Thousands of people are expected to attend a gun rights rally in Richmond, minus the guns. The governor is declaring a state of emergency there, which temporarily bans firearms and is citing credible threats of violence. Victor Okendo is on the scene for us. Good morning to you, Victor. Good morning, TJ. Things just starting to pick up now. This line, it is long. It stretches all the way down the block. A lot of these people have been here for more than two hours now. This leads right up to the one entrance point here at the state capitol, which just opened up. Everybody who goes inside will be screened. We are expecting thousands of gun rights advocates and some extremist groups protesting new proposed gun legislation. Local, state, and federal law enforcement are all involved. Ahead of this rally, seven alleged white supremacists with ties to the neo-Nazi group The Base have been arrested. Authorities saying that at least three of them were planning on attending. Citing some credible threats, Virginia's governor declaring a temporary state of emergency and banning all weapons from the Capitol. You can see what that list of prohibited items looks like here. It is long and right at the top, firearms. Now, while none of these items are permitted on Capitol grounds, where we're standing just outside, technically... They are allowed. TJ? Victor, no doubt officials there have learned some security lessons from Charlottesville in 2017. Absolutely, TJ. There is a much larger police presence, a tighter perimeter. Communication between all agencies should be much better this time around. And, of course, that weapons ban is in place. TJ? All right, Victor, Kendo for us this morning. Thank you so much. There you have it. You know, a lot of people over there in Virginia... A state of emergency ordered, high alert, there is possibilities of violence, and you know, 
people from around the nation are running to it, fanning the flames. There is a perimeter set up there, and they are ushering people into a cage. I'll tell you, this this is not very smart. You know, we want to watch out for today, and we want to make sure we don't push violence, people. The way to fix these things is coming together and talking about it. Come on over to deadamerica.website, check us out, send us an email at podcast at deadamerica.website. We'd love to get in touch with you and talk with you. There's always things you can do. Simple. Just start talking about it. We don't need mobs out there. We have a form of government that is very capable of handling these things. And we've got to get these bad players out of the playing field. And what that means is vote these people out and make sure we have fresh blood in our legal and law system, our electoral system we need new legislators new blood term limits that way a lot more people can get their turn at saying hey this is the way we need to have it but no we want to keep it to the same 50 people Yeah, there might be a few more. But, you know, there are very limited people right now and has been for many, many years. I've watched these same senators, same representatives up in the halls of Congress pushing the same nonsense. Where has it gotten us? To the brink of civil war again. That's where it's gotten us. Yeah, this is smart. These are brilliant people. Working hard for us. When is enough enough? You're wasting money, Nancy Pelosi. Chuck Schumer, you're wasting money. Adam Schiff. You're wasting money. And all of you are wasting valuable, precious time that you could be working on something that really needs to get done for America. Now let's turn our attention to Trump just for a minute. Even when he's doing his business in political satire. He's still getting things done, people. Phase one of the trade deal, well, this is what we need to do. 
we need to let this man get some things done. It's looking like five more years. And we could get a lot of things done if these people were united and all these efforts were behind the president. It's okay to disagree. But we have to be able to disagree in a civilized manner. And that's what matters. Let's listen in to how Trump and his legal team plan on defending him. Welcome to CBS This Morning on this Martin Luther King Day holiday. It will be a working holiday for President Trump and members of Congress who are preparing the case for removing him from office. This is a week that the president faces charges in the Senate of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. House managers led by Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff are working again today on the impeachment trial's opening presentation. The president remains defiant and has bolstered his legal team. Weijia Zhang is covering the drama from the White House. Weijia, what did the president's attorneys say about how they plan to defend him? Oh, good morning, Anthony. Over the weekend, in a six-page formal response to the impeachment summons, the president's legal team revealed their main arguments, that the entire process was tainted, that the articles fail on their face and on the facts, and that they were the result of a, quote, brazen and unlawful attempt to overturn the results of the 2016 election. We could get an even closer look at the president's impeachment strategy by noon today, when his team is required to submit a legal brief to the Senate. The farmers are sticking with Trump. At the American Farm Bureau's annual convention Sunday night, President Trump complained about getting impeached. We're achieving what no administration has ever achieved before. And what do I get out of it? Tell me. I get impeached. Public. That's what he gets out of it, impeached. Well, it's over at the Senate now, so let's uh, wait and see what happens. Now, on January 15th, China's foreign ministry criticized Britain, France, and Germany for triggering a mechanism to force Iran back into the nuclear discussions, saying... The U.S. was responsible for tensions. The U.S. unilaterally withdrew from the comprehensive agreement, ignored international law and international obligations, imposed extreme pressure on Iran, and prevented other parties from making good on their promise under the agreement, said Jing Shuang a spokesman for the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Interesting, you know, we're still hearing a bunch of things coming out of China. We must maintain consistent pressure on China. Now, China, very interesting. They are brilliant people and they want technology. They want to know as much as they can. These people have been like this for 
way longer than any of us can ever remember, okay? The Chinese people, they want to expand. They want to open up their country. And they want more and more relations around the world. It's just like any country. The more influence around the world you can have, the better for your people. So, this thing with China, it's something to watch. And another thing, out of Taiwan on the 15th, Taiwan's army gave a demonstration of its defense capabilities amid a backdrop of increased tensions with mainland China. The military exercise was intended to show Taiwan's readiness for defending against an attack on a military emplacement. So this tension with Taiwan and mainland China has been going on for some time. The Hong Kong issue, there's a lot going on with China and the Spratly Islands. China has conflict with a lot of their neighboring nations. So this uh, China thing is bigger than just the U.S. The expansion of China, we've been watching for years here. And yet, what did many, 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 many administrations do? They negotiated trade agreements with China that helped bolster China instead of keeping them at bay. China is a big country, and we don't need to help pay for their rise. And that's what we've been doing. We've been paying for them to build these islands, fortify them, build warships. You know, they're on this aircraft carrier seeking more and more aircraft carriers. Why is that? Because that's how you dominate the Pacific. The aircraft carrier has been dominant in this world for many, many years. And China realizes it will maintain its dominance for many years to come. So they're building, and yes, they're building a lot of things. Putin. Let's talk about Putin just for a little bit here. We, we've got to realize... In 2024, Putin is going to be out of office. So, this thing with Putin and the whole government kind of stepping down, it's interesting. Let's listen in to this little 
audio video clip. Hello and welcome to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter LaBelle. Russian President Vladimir Putin has proposed some important political reforms. What are they? What are their significance? And importantly, why now? And what about the claim of clinging to power? Crosstalking some real news. I'm joined by my guest, Dmitry Babich. He's a political analyst and editor at InnoSme Internet Media Project. And in London, we cross Alexander McCurris. He's a writer on legal affairs as well as editor in chief of the Duran.com. All right, gentlemen, Crosstalk rules in effect. That means you can jump in anytime you want, and I always appreciate it. I want to break up this program into two parts. I want to talk about what these reforms are, their significance, and then I want to look at the critique and criticism of them on all sides. Okay, let me first go to Alexander McCurris in London. And this is a bombshell. It it really is. Um, What are the most important reforms uh, Vladimir Putin um, uh, mentioned, proposed, that will be voted on by the electorate uh, maybe sometime uh, later this year? What's your most important takeaway? Go ahead, Alex. Right. There's a whole package of reforms. Firstly, um, the power to appoint the parliament, uh, the government, will now be shifted from the president to the parliament. So the parliament will decide who the prime minister is and the parliament will be able to hold the government to account and also to appoint the ministers. So that is going to be a a major shift of power. Um, At the same time, uh, this, this body, the state council, is uh, being built up. And if I can explain, the president will retain overall control of foreign and defence policy. He will also continue to set the general direction of the country's domestic development. He will also appoint the the officials who will deal with security and defence policy. But there will be this body, the state council, which already exists, which looks like being the bridge where all of these various people will meet together. So the, uh, uh, the, the, the government, the, the people appointed by the parliament will be there. Probably the most important parliamentary officials will be there. The president and his officials will be there. And, of course, the various representatives of the regions, the regional governors directly re- elected by the regions, they too will be there. It will have a consultative purpose, mm-hmm. not an executive or legislative purpose, that is very important, but it will be there where they will thrash out all their various discussions. Now, there are also various other uh, uh, lesser uh, provisions. The, The Constitutional Court is to be beefed up so that it will have an ability to actually check and confirm the constitutional validity of legislation. The local procurators will be appointed by the president. These are the district attorneys, if you like, of the, uh, uh, of, the, of, Ru- of the Russian Federation. They will now be appointed by the president in consultation with the upper house of Russia's parliament, the Federation Council, which represents the regions, uh, as opposed to being determined directly by the regions, as has been the case up to now. And I think importantly for many Russians, there will be steps both to make the Russian constitution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as superior to international law, not, not, not superior to international law, but that in future court decisions by, say, the European Court of Human Rights. Specifically, only, <laughs> yes. Specifically, will only apply in Russia 
if they are consistent with the Russian constitution as administered by the constitutional court of the Russian Federation. And last but not least, people, top officials, including the president, have to be Russian citizens with residency of 25 years Mm -hmm. instead of 10 years as now. So it's an important package of, of measures. Its primary purpose is to strengthen the, the the parliament to move away from the right. super presidency, still retaining a powerful presidency, but a more devolved system. You know, the, the... So that's another interesting thing that we're watching develop. Putin is pushing more of a system based government with um, departments and uh, boy, I'm stumbling here. Sorry about that, folks. But they want to actually have more of a American type government. And it's interesting the new ties that are being uh, formed there, Russia, China, Iran, you know, they're Turkey. It's interesting what's happening around the world. And we have a lot of angry, misguided people in the world today. That's going to wrap it up basically for this episode today. I have other things I've got to get done today, so I'm going to wrap it up kind of early on this one. I do want to thank all of the people that come over and listen to me, all of the people that go over to the website, deadamerica.website. Follow us over there. Uh, Check out all of our podcasts and get involved wherever you are. I'm Ed Waters. I want to thank you for joining us today. Enjoy your afternoon.